Hey, it's Neville Medora here today, and I am recapping an audio version of the stupid email. That is a swipe, a thought, an uplifting thing, a picture, an interesting thing, and a drawing. And today on March 11th, 2021, we have an old school Coca-Cola ad that is just absolutely gorgeous. Some of these old ads were so pretty, you can hang them up as art. What I'm describing here is a soda fountain ad for Coca-Cola when it was five cents a bottle. And there is this old school Victorian woman holding this big Chinese fan, feather fan kind of thing. And it looks stunning. In fact, I kind of want to get this printed and put up as art. And the reason that some of these old school ads were so amazing is back in the day, they didn't have distribution of TV, movies, podcasts, all the cool stuff we have now. And so the stuff that you put out was mainly just flat pictures like this. And so they spent a lot of time making them very, very beautiful. I do kind of miss that. I understand why these aren't around as much anymore. But man, this one is just stunning to look at. Here is an interesting thought. And this is a formula that you can use on everything you've ever bought. And it is simply the cost of it divided by the hours used per day divided by 365, basically a year. And if you run this formula on everything, the surprising thing is that your phone will likely be the best purchase you've ever made. So for example, a Tesla Model 3, $45,000 divided by two hours of usage per day divided by a year equals $61 an hour. LASIK surgery, $5,000 divided by 18 hours of using your eyes every day divided by 365 equals 76 cents per hour. Very good value. An iPhone 12, $1,300 divided by 12 hours of usage a day divided by 365 equals 0.3 cents an hour. So, sorry, 30 cents an hour. That's a really, really good value. So even though it seems expensive to drop $1,300 on a pimped out iPhone 12, actually it comes to 30 cents an hour. And I would argue that you probably use your phone more than 12 hours a day. I don't mean that you're on your phone 12 hours a day, but your phone is always by your side. It wakes you up in the morning. I bet your phone is within five feet of you right now. Maybe you're listening to this on your phone. Your phone is your connection to the entire world right now. It is so important to have a good phone nowadays that when people try to skimp out on their phone, I'm like, what are you doing? If you cost average this out, your phone is the cheapest thing you will buy, so you should definitely spend the most amount of money on it. I even have a calculator, a cost averaging calculator, so you can try out different purchases and it will show you a more in depth what your thing actually cost based on the yearly breakdown. So I'm saying your phone cost uh, 30 cents an hour, but if you actually cost average it over the course of four years, it goes down to something like seven cents an hour. So a $1,200 MacBook Pro that you use for five hours a day, like I do on the computer, minimum five hours a day, in one year, it would cost $1.46 per hour, but in five years, that'll be 29 cents an hour. So when you think like, is this an expensive purchase? Well, would you be willing to spend 22 cents an hour for a really great computer? That's a great way to think about stuff. Here is something that's a little bit uplifting. I think we are getting closer to a world where content creators get paid directly for their craft. And this is becoming true via micro crypto payments. So a lot of uh, stuff like Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's not quite there yet. You can't make transactions for very cheap yet, but it's moving in that direction. And you can transact in about a billionth of a cent or less, which right now you cannot do. You have to send at least like 99 cents for it to be viable for a transaction. So imagine at the end of the day, your browser kind of tracks where you've been and you can tip the content creators you've made um, for all the content you've consumed for even just like 25 cents for an entire day and it will auto distribute to thousands of people. So let's say I wrote an article with someone 
and me and that author will split the profits for that article. Well, you can tip the entire internet 25 cents and it'll send me maybe like 0.0001 of a cent, which I can then divide between the other person who wrote it. Now you multiply this number by thousands or millions of views for a single piece of content and this could add up very, very quickly. Currently, writers, video makers, podcast makers, they must set up their own network of advertisers and sponsors or create products to make money or be at the mercy of an ad network like Google, which could just lower your rates and overnight your income can go down or disappear. So imagine a world where instead of having to gate content and charge, all views could be directly monetized as well. I mean, imagine a world where if I got paid for every video view that I get directly from the users, then I probably wouldn't have to charge for my products, right? I wouldn't have to charge for special access to products behind the scenes if I got paid directly for it. Imagine how cool that would make content on the internet. Um, here is a random picture. When randomly browsing Zillow, which anyone over 30 definitely does every day, um, I saw a house nearby that had some Ogilvy art on the wall like I do at my place. And I really loved this. It was a gigantic, like it looks like three feet wide, four feet tall, uh, picture of Ogilvy on advertising, one of my favorite books on the planet by David Ogilvy. And I actually have a bunch of printouts of Ogilvy art on my own wall. And I loved this one so much, I'm probably gonna get it for my own wall also. Um, here is something interesting, just because we are in a time when the markets are all crazy and just stuff is kind of a wild ride right now. And I saw a very easy breakdown uh, on Twitter on how markets get hyped up, go crazy, then reset, all shown in one simple image. And I'm just gonna read it out here. It's uh, one, two, three, maybe like 12 steps. So it's very simple. It says, a way of trading becomes cheaper. Then people start trading that way. Then things traded that way start going up. Then more people join in the frenzy. Then prices go straight up. Then real estate agents and engineers and all sorts of white collar workers join in. Then the prices crash because they're overinflated. Then everyone becomes contrite and angry that the market's going down and forgets about it. Then time passes. And then another way of trading becomes cheaper and then the whole process repeats. This kind of reminds me what is going on right now. And I'm old enough, I'm 38, I've, to live through two economic depressions in my lifetime or recessions as they call them. Uh, the 2001 recession, I was old enough and I was running a business at the time to understand it. And then also the 2008 economic recession, I was old enough to understand it and actually bought and sold a house that very month that the economy crashed. So I was well aware of the economics of what was going on. And I kind of see that going on right now where prices are just inflating, everyone's throwing money in the stock market. You get a taxi and the taxi driver's talking about stock markets and crypto and stuff like that. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, it's just that some of it might be a little bit inflated, specifically in the stock market right now. That's my thought of it, I don't know, who knows. Um, here is a drawing of a mental model, and this is the last little piece in this audio clip. This is a mental model for choosing between two different options, and it is as follows. It says, does this make you expand or contract? So if you're thinking about two decisions, like for example, I was buying a house recently and I really couldn't decide between like a house that wasn't as good, but the location was so great. It was around all my friends. It was near all my buddy's offices. I have a bunch of friends nearby and it wasn't as good as the house that I had a contract on 
out kind of a little bit further away from downtown, like 12 minutes away. So it wasn't that far, but it's far enough to where I wouldn't have anyone that was living around that area as much. There weren't as many cool restaurants or stuff to do around the area, but the house was so awesome. And it even came with extra units for Airbnb being out. I mean, it was amazing in every single way and I got to custom build it. And both were the same price, but I was like, oh, I was so torn between it. And someone told me this mental model of, does it make you expand or contract? And whenever I thought about the house that was further away, it kind of made me contract. And I felt like I was doing it because it made economic sense more that I get a bigger thing and then I can Airbnb something out. But it felt like a compromise that was moving further away from everything. And right now, I don't want to do that. Whereas whenever I was thinking about the smaller house and it didn't have the Airbnb units in the back, but it was close to everything. I'm talking like one block away from all the stuff that I like. I, it made me ex happy and excited and I was just thinking about it all the time. So if something expands you, you get excited thinking about it and you can't stop imagining it, right? You can't stop imagining that scenario and you really, really wanna hope it happens. And when something contracts you, it feels like there's something wrong, but you don't really know what. Uh, it kind of feels like you're settling and overall it just makes you feel like, meh, like I could do it, I bet it wouldn't be bad, but like, you know, you keep waffling on it like that. So I thought that was a very helpful mental model for choosing between two difficult options. Does it make you expand or contract? And just, I'm gonna quick rapid fire a couple of mental models out that I like. Uh, think like a computer and render one brain cycle at a time. Uh, another one, get close to the money. This means get closer to the stream of money will help you make more money. So, and then another one is reverse the problem and work backwards. Another one is thank the problem. So if you have a problem, thank the world for that problem. Uh, regret minimization framework by Jeff Bezos. Um, does this make you expand or contract? That's one of my favorites right now. Um, another mental model I made up is the punchline is you're gonna die. And then one of my favorite ones is how can I do this hilariously? So if you're trying to do something, you're stuck on it, an article or a video or whatever it may be, think how can I do this hilariously to me? Like what is going to be the most hilarious way I can do this? And that will help you uh, smile and bring some joy to that task rather than just trudging through it. Anyways, I hope you enjoy these little tidbits. It is a Friday on March 11th, and I hope you enjoyed this little podcast. My name is Neville Medora. If you wanna check me out, go to twitter.com slash nevmed or join copywritingcourse.com, and please sign up for my email. I mean, that shows me that you love my stuff and it encourages me to put out more free stuff. Um, also, you can join our course, Copywriting Course. It's a private community for business owners that teaches you to increase every single piece of marketing that you have, meaning we can help you rewrite and revamp pricing pages, emails, home pages, landing pages, sign up forms, blog posts, everything you put out for your marketing, we could take a second, third, fourth look at it along with the rest of the community. And you also get to talk to me directly on office hours every week. So come and join, I hope to have you, it's awesome. Anyways, I hope you like this little thing. My name is Mel Mandora, I will talk to you later.